Well, hello everyone, Darren Pilcher here, and it's a real joy to welcome you to another episode of the Leadership Conversation. And I could not be more thrilled to have a dear friend, a model leader, pastor of the Bridge Church in Mustang, and now in multiple locations, Pastor Jim McNabb. Pastor Jim, what a joy, a privilege it is to have you on the Leadership Conversation today. Thanks for joining us. Uh, you're welcome, Darren. I've been looking forward to just sharing with you and see what, what I can learn from you to how to get through this. <laughs> We're going to be learning from you today, Pastor. Hey, I just want to know, how are you guys doing? Are you tired of hearing about COVID-19 yet? And more importantly, do you have enough Diet Dr. Peppers to get you through this time? Well, I'll tell you what, I'm struggling a little bit, but especially the caffeine-free. That's the one that really seems to have disappeared. But okay. I think I'm going to get through that. But we're doing well. Uh, it's just trying to stay coordinated with our campuses and with our people, stay connected to where we can know what's going on. Of course, I think, you know, like most pastors, one of the most frustrating things right now is I had one of my longtime members, uh, former staff member, going to the hospital this morning. Of course, you have no access to them. So we have, you know, we've been trying if somebody was going to have to have surgery on their way to the hospital, we try to meet them in the parking lot and have surgery with them before, or have prayer with them before they go into their surgery. Sure. But it, it, it's difficult because I'm a pastor. And uh, so that's very difficult on me because I can't be there for the people, with the people. Uh, sure. Thank God for telephones that uh, we can talk to the family. But for those Absolutely. that are hurting, you're not there to encourage them and and uh, just, just let them know the praying for them. That's, that's a tough season for a pastor's heart. Oh, absolutely. Your family's doing well. Doing uh, well. My wife my... is uh, probably staying in more than I am. <laughs> I try to stay in on uh, Friday afternoons. So <laughs> I got you. I got you. I tell you, there's something about a guy who's busy normally. It's hard to slow down. And, I was uh, not created to sit still. I'm with you. <laughs> my wife is happy that I'm not home a lot. <laughs> That's great. Hey, I don't know if the folks realize this, but you've pastored your church for a little while, as they would say in uh, my son's generation, for a minute. Uh, yes. <laughs> uh, maybe 40 plus years now, Pastor. I don't know how long it's 41 been. 41 years. 41 years. Right. So there's bound to be something special, uh, some special aspects of staying in a place that long. Why don't you share some of those aspects with us? Sure, be happy to. When we came here in 1979, we just basically buried our hearts. Uh, we had 100 adults and uh, probably uh, 25 uh, teenagers and children, and we started pastoring. Within a couple of years, we were building a second auditorium. Then oh, wow. uh, 10 years later, we built the auditorium we now have. And it's been a great, great journey. Uh, we just decided what the size has nothing to do with it. It's been in God's will. I don't mm -hmm. care if you pastor 10,000 people. If you're not where God wants you to be, you're you're not in a good place. If wow. you're pastoring 15 people, but God put you there, you're successful. Success wow. is never determined by the size of a church. Success mm -hmm. is determined by being in the will of God. And wow. so my wife and I knew we were sent here to Mustang. Had no idea we would be pastoring. It's humbling to pastor the people we do in the church we have today. But we didn't come here to build a large church. We came here to love the people, to be there for the people, to minister to the people, because this is God's church anyway, and, and he brings the increase and he does the rest. 
And it's just, you know, then in a community like this, everybody knows who you are. Yeah. Uh, you know, the, the, well, I can even say this, the police department knows who you are. Uh, the fire chief attends church here. Uh, you, wow. you do services for people early on when I would do funerals for people that did not have a church or whenever the school needs some place because of our facilities, they, they're more than welcome. We, we let our school system use anything in our facilities for free of charge just to be a blessing yeah. to them. And so you, you're so well connected in the community that uh, it's, it's family. And not only that, you know, I'm dedicating babies that I dedicated their mother or their dad. I'm marrying couples who both, both the man and woman, I dedicated when they were babies and married their parents. And so, you know, you kind of become daddy after a while to a lot of these people. And along tenured, I'm, I'm the only pastor a lot of these people have ever had. Wow. And so to have that kind of relationship with the people, it's more of a family thing, which is which is me. Uh, I'm very family oriented, and uh, it's just a great to have a family like this that you're so close to, and in the, in the communication in the community with the people, and and the relationship I've had with all the churches and all the other pastors. We're we're all in this thing together. We know that, and so it, it's it's great. Long tenured pastoring is is just a it's a great benefit as far as stability the confidence and trust that people have in your leadership and yeah. uh, just knowing that uh, your voice at times brings comfort because you're the voice that they've only ever heard uh, preaching the gospel. So it's, it's a unique situation. Those of us that have pastored churches 25, 30 or 40 years or more under, understand what that, that feeling's like. I talked to a man uh, sometime back that had pastored his church for 50 years. And I asked him, how, how long, how do you pastor a church for 50 years? He said, you re-up every January. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. That's true. You know, you get opportunities to leave, especially when a church was hitting its growing phases and things were really kicking. You know, you get a lot of uh, people connecting to you, wanting to know your interest to go elsewhere and whatnot. But once again, you know where God sent you. And you can be successful where you are. But if you go someplace that's even larger or bigger or whatever has more potential, but God didn't send you there, it's not wow. going to work. Oh, wow. Wow. You've been such a spiritual leader and spiritual father to so many of us. You've been a model, model father, model leader, model husband. We thank God for you. So I know there's probably been some challenging times uh, in different seasons of your ministry and your pastorate there. Uh, after being there for so many years, what have you found are some primary keys to helping you navigate and lead through tough times? Uh, one thing that it's important, I don't care how old you are, to realize you don't have all the answers. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I don't remember when I was in college taking a class called How to Get Through a Pandemic. Uh, I don't remember ever studying that before. But, you know, the, it's been so important that you stay connected and that you listen to wisdom. Mm -hmm. uh, you gotta listen to wisdom of our governor, a godly man, and the suggestions and recommendations that are being made. And then you have to come back within your own uh, unit of church that you pastor and use wisdom with your people. I gotta remember, I love these people and I wanna take care of them. And so yeah. I've gotta have wisdom and I don't have all the answers. And the day you have all the answers, you might as well go into heaven because you don't have anything else to learn. And you so, mean after all these years, you've not figured it all out yet? You know, I've always said the day that I have all the answers, I just soon go to heaven because you're no longer moving forward looking for answers if you've wow. got all the answers. 
Wow. And so I, I, I want to die with more questions than answers uh, because mm-hmm. it keeps me pursuing of knowledge. And, uh, you know, it, this is when it's important to not be afraid to call up somebody who's been there, done that, been through this or had difficult seasons or to connect with a pastor you trust that, you know, you can bounce things off of back one to another. I've got a wonderful board I can talk to, but to be able to sit down or call another pastor and say, hey, what are you guys thinking? What are you dealing with? What are you going through? And just us bantering back and forth and sharing back and forth. And, and what happens, it says we're two or three are gathered. Once again, we're back to a place you're seeking wisdom. Then the wisdom yeah. of the Holy Spirit comes upon us. And so, wow. you know, and then I, I had to remind myself several times, Darren, that this is not my church. This mm. is God's church. And wow. it's God's job to get this church through this season. It's not my job. And mm. so for me to, to remind myself, it takes me back to point zero. I go, okay, I'm going through a season I've never been through before. I'm not a miracle worker. I don't know the future. All I know is history. So how can I lead this church into a future that I've never experienced or led from? And I come back to this. It's simple as far as the process. It's not a simple process, but you go back to begin with this fact. I've got to have the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. And where do you find that? In the presence of God. And so now I am trying to spend more time praying, listening, than prayer mm. asking or petitioning. Mm. And I can pray for, and I do, I pray for our people in the hospitals. I pray for needs. I pray for this. But a lot of that is petitioning. So I have learned, uh, I, in fact, I found this this uh, channel. I can go to a YouTube called uh, Soaking in, 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 in Praise. And, mm. and it's just a music that I, I go in the chapel here at the church and I'll turn it on and I'll just sit there and just let that permeate my spirit and just listen. Uh, there's no words to it, so because once I start hearing words to a song, I start singing with it. So it's 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 almost like you're in a spa, but it's just a good presence of of the spirit that comes in. My mind is open, my heart is open, and I just tell the Lord, "Okay, God, feed me. Wow. I'm listening. Feed me." And this is definitely a time we pastors need to do more listening than talking, because it's God's church. Jesus died for this church. He said, I'll build my church. Not going to build your church. I'll build my church that the gates of hell shall not prevail against. I had I had a guy make a statement. He said, well, don't you think that the days of the church are going to be so different that that uh, there really won't be churches as we know it? I said, no, there'll always be a strong church because God uses the church to reach the loss for which Christ died for. His church will always survive. If churches go under, I don't. I, I'm not going to be judgmental, but God's church always survives every crisis as long as he is walking the footsteps and we follow in the footsteps that he lays out for us we don't have answers so what do we do we listen Mm. we learn we communicate with other pastors but we hear the voice of the holy spirit no one is smarter than god i've learned that in my life and so god's going to take care of this church because it's his church god was doing okay before i came along He'll be doing okay after I'm gone. Um, so I'm just going to listen and find that that place where I listen to to people. I, I listen to my to my governor. I listen to my president. But when I get get all this gathered together, that's human people. So I sit in the presence of God and listen. Lord, talk to me. And then I've got to follow the leading of my heart because when it comes down to it, you know, and this is the heavy part, is that we pastors, 
we feel the responsibilities all on us. I mean, yeah. the buck stops here, let's face it. And uh, so we accept that. I'm aware of that. And so the best thing I can do knowing that is, and for, for cause it, it always wants to jump back on me and I feel that heaviness mm-hmm. and the load because Jim, people are looking to you for answers. Wow. And I know I don't have all the answers. Mm-hmm. I can seek answers. But when I go into prayer and I just sit there meditating in the presence of the Holy Spirit and I listen mm-hmm. and I listen and I listen to things that begin to come to me. I always take a notepad with me with me because I'll get thoughts and I've got to write them down because I know it didn't come from me. Wow. Uh, I think we've all been at that spot at one time or another. So I know we're going to get through this because yeah. I'm listening. Wow. Wow. You know, you're talking about spiritual disciplines that impact our leadership. Yes, sir. That, that's exactly you're you're unpacking some gold there when you're talking about holy habits going into God's presence and listening and taking a notepad and journaling and writing things down that the Lord is speaking to you. That's that's pretty impactful to our leadership, isn't it? It, it is. And, and so we understand, because when I first got into this, I was a people pleaser and it was running me ragged, me trying to make everybody happy. And that's when the Lord spoke to me. And in fact, I've shared this in some of my, my pastoral coachings is that Jesus couldn't please 12. And if Jesus couldn't please 12, who am I trying to please everybody? And so I, I learned that lesson. If Jesus couldn't please 12, all I can do is my best and following the leading of the Holy Spirit and yeah. the unhappy people are just going to have to be unhappy. Wow. But unhappy people cannot determine God's church. God mm. will determine God's church as long as we are in that flow where he's taken us to and we know it's him. Well, you're answering a lot of questions I had. I'm going to go a little deeper here. Um, I know that there are a lot of younger leaders that are watching and will be listening to this uh, leadership conversation. What would you tell your younger self after all of these years leading? What would you tell your younger self? Well, I'm 32 and look at at my gray hair. But uh, uh, (laughs) not gray, great. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. a mistake I made. Hmm. I was so anxious to pastor that I put pastoring first in my life. Wow. And probably for the first year or two, uh, I found out later after about two years, I had made it hard on my wife. And I was so involved in ministry because I love ministry. And so we had to sit down, we had to talk, and I had to ask my wife's forgiveness. And then I, I reset my priorities. My priorities are God, number one, my wife, my children, the church. And then everything else has to follow after that. Say that again, because I think that's important to hear again. Well, I had to to simplify God first in my life, because if I'm a godly man, everything will fall into line with, with God's leading. But my wife and my children, Next to my relationship with God is the most important thing I have. It's not this church. You know, I, I've, I've made the statement, you leave me God in my family, and I can survive anything. Wow. But without God or without my family, hmm. I can't survive anything. Wow. And so we find out sometimes how much the church doesn't mean to us when we've lost the other. Hmm. And as long as the others are healthy, then you have the joy of pastoring and enjoying people. But my people have known for, for 38 years 
that my family will always come before the church. Mm-hmm. Now, I understand there's times that I'm drawn more one direction for the church, the building programs, the expectations, but I also know that there's a time where I back off and be sure I feed the other. I gave my wife this this permission because early on we were we would get a little bantering, little little religious bantering, let's call it, about uh, <laughs> yes, about I'm never home. <laughs> And so when I when I asked my wife to forgive me, I said, Linda, from this point forward, if you're feeling like I'm just going because I can do that, I can get blinders and give something 100%. I said, when you feel like I'm starting to neglect you or the children, all you have to do is say, Jim, it's time. And I said, I promise you, when you tell me that, I will find a moment and a date as quick as I can, and we'll spend time together, and I'll back up. And But I needed my wife's help to do that because I'm just a doer. And so we became more of a team then. And then I quit neglecting my family. And uh, so now then then it's more fun to pastor. Let's face it, if you're not getting along at home, pastoring's not fun either. And so it's just important. The family's the most important thing you have other than God. Wow, that is, that's just, that's tremendous advice to younger leaders and all of us for that matter, to be reminded that it's about God and our family. That's, it is. That's the past, pastoring's fun. I love it, but but it's not it's not an easy position. It's a heavy position when you lose people. You've pastored for forty years. You've lost a family member. Uh, when you, when you have families that divorce, you have a little ten year old girl grab you around the waist and say, "Why is my daddy leaving?" And you start going through all these things. You need an oasis, and that oasis should be your home. Well, I appreciate the time today. I'm going to ask you one final question, and uh, and it'll it'll wrap it up for us today on this leadership conversation. We'll have part two. I can assure you, if you're willing to come back on, this has been so rich. There's so many other areas we can unpack. But here's the last question. I I know that we have hope, and we certainly do if we're believers. But here's here's the key. I I, I want you to to speak into us. What do you hope for the bridge, and what do you hope for the church at large on the other side of this difficult time? Yeah, you know, this is not going to be a rush back to the church. Uh, I think the people are going to be very cautious coming back, and I think they'll filter back. Uh, We may lose some because they found out it's more comfortable to have a cup of coffee and be in your robe to watch church than it is to sit on a pew and drive over here. But uh, either way, so it'll be a a season of transitioning back. But I think because of this, we're, we're, we're seeing people watching us online that's never watched us before. We're sick. We're our giving has been healthy through this season, and people are stepping up to the plate. I think you're going to see a more heavily committed people to this situation and a more dedicated people to this situation than we've ever seen before. And I think I think the church has some great days ahead because it's God's church, and He said, "I'm going to build my church," and so His church is going to be built. We know that. Wow, such encouragement. Thank you. Thank you, Pastor Jim. My honor. Thank you for having me. I've enjoyed it. This leadership conversation has been rich, and we hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have enjoyed talking with him, and uh, this has been rich today. This is the leadership conversation. More episodes to follow, more conversations to be had. Until then, let's grow, create, and invest together.